Hey traders, welcome to the 42nd episode of the Parfumante podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in yet again for our daily dose of podcast that we've been doing since the start of December. In this podcast, we'll be going over some diverse crypto coverage. We'll first look at an NFL, NFL player who is now taking his revenue in BTC, which is, I think, going to be uh, either an absolute... Uh, the best decision he's ever made in his life and generations from his family will thank him basically or uh it's going to be very detrimental i think it's going to be the first one but we'll get into it within the topic we'll talk a little bit into xrp we will look at some crypto atm news and then we will finish off with some uh, kind of information on why over leveraging may not be a good thing so thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll pass it over on to Nathan. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. The day is December 29th, creeping towards that new year, that fresh start. We got a couple of diverse stories from different parts of the globe coming at you, so just to dump right into it, uh, we have news coming out of the NFL that Russell Okung, he plays for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he is now accepting his salary in Bitcoin. He took uh, half of it in possession immediately which was who was it uh by the way of zap which was a bitcoin startup that kind of facilitates people accepting their wage in bitcoin and he's kind of the first major i guess professional player to jump into the scene take that bet but what makes it kind of interesting is that he actually requested to be paid in may of 2019 asking to be paid in bitcoin so he's been at it for quite a while he's truly a big believer in the technology because back in may of 2019 markets were a little bit different he had conviction and ultimately he was looking to be paid in bitcoin when it was at six thousand dollars so he's clearly a believer in the technology clearly a believer in its powers as a currency as an investment as a speculation to determine what's going on in the future i like the way he thinks yeah i completely agree he definitely would have had a little bit of a turbulent time, but the fact that he was already looking to get paid in BTC earlier on definitely suggests that uh, he's accumulating in the back end. We can assume that. So great to see a person who is completely different from the cryptocurrency space have a huge amount of interest, confidence, and good conviction that uh, it's going to grow and going to become something that is going to be extremely important within the next decade. So great to see and uh, it'll be interesting to see if any other major players will start just basically accepting BTC as their form of payment. Yeah, 100. Oh, sorry. You can go ahead. Oh, yeah, we we can talk. Yeah, about we're this. all good. All right. <laughs> Next thing we're going to move on to is XRP, a little bit of news regarding some of the exchanges that they're getting delisted off yet again. Uh, this time they are getting delisted or removed off of Bittrex, which is a pretty widely used exchange. So they're basically going to remove on January 15th of 2021 at 4 p.m. in Pacific Standard Time, the pairs of BTC uh, with XRP Ethereum, USDT, and USD. So they're completely removing XRP off of their platform. And I think at a certain point, they may add it, very similar to what we're seeing with Coinbase. They are just waiting to see what the lawsuit comes down to. They don't want to be dealing with 
letting their customers exchange what the SEC deems to be a security and then Ripple Labs deems to be a cryptocurrency token and not a security. So they don't want to be meddling with it. They don't want to be having that uh, kind of worry of the SEC coming after them because they're facilitating the transactions. So I think a lot of exchanges like Bittrex are kind of taking the stand of we don't want to deal with the situation so we're just going to delist it until ripple labs and the sec figure themselves out yeah 100 percent. it's just another institution kind of jumping in we've seen coinbase just to reiterate we've seen crypto.com we've seen bitrex we've seen a lot of the smaller name exchanges but i think the next two big movers in this space would be binance and kraken i think that would really reload the fear among the crypto community and i think it would really gas up the xrp users and they'd probably continue to fill their bag but <laughs> as time goes on it is going to become progressively difficult progressively more difficult to trade xrp on perhaps your favorite exchange as uh, i guess the faith is lost in their ability to effectively fulfill their project's desires as per Ripple Labs and the overall idea that they're trying to solve. One thing that is worth a laugh, if you go to the Bittrex Twitter account, it's just at Bittrex Exchange. They made a tweet just letting everyone know. And the replies and comments to that tweet are, uh, you can tell that it's the XRP army is out in full force because uh, they're not too happy about what's going on. There's people posting like the DJ Khaled meme of another one, another <laughs> one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, a lot of interesting personalities in this Twitter thread, Twitter, th Twitter thread, and I think that kind of highlights the hive mind personality that's behind the XRP army. Yeah, they are a cult, man. They are probably the most passionate, most committed confident investors that i've met in the crypto space really um there's not many other projects that have this level of dedicated following base or follower base really that i've seen anyways yeah 100 there's the link marines but those are basically just like bots on instagram and tiktok that comment saying Chainlink will save our future visit our <laughs> website now and it's super suspicious it's kind of like a don't ask don't tell situation <laughs> like, okay i guess there's just there's just bots pumping up link on social media pay no attention to it but the xrp army they're very real and a lot of the times they're very emotional Let's... and so to move on to our next story we have news coming out of the us of a concerning bitcoin atms the ceo of coinflip is his no daniel politsky and uh, it is believed that they will have over 3,000 Bitcoin ATMs available for usage in the U.S. by 2021, which is an absolute monumental shift in accessibility. It'll be interesting to see how they operate, because at least based on the ones that I've seen in Vancouver, ones that I've seen around Canada, is that one of the primary bottlenecks is high fees. A lot of the times you are paying that premium price to use the ATM. So it is cheaper to go like a self-service through an exchange route. And then there's the people who want to do it for cohort reasons. But then again, I think a lot of them have to have KYC compliance. So it's interesting to see them fulfilling the, like the mass public need. Because obviously exchanges can do one portion of that 
i.e. like Coinbase or Binance US facilitating that fiat to crypto purchase. But obviously they must see a very sizable market within the crypto to fiat on-ramp in person at an ATM. Yeah, I think it might be easier for people to at least understand it where if it's 100% digital, 100% online, I think the older generation might have some difficulties with trying to actually exchange it and might, I don't know, think, think of its difficulty or might not really trust, I guess you could say, um, third-party sources online. Whereas if you go to a physical location to do it and make the transaction, you can there's a phone number there. It might be easier and, and more comforting for people who may not be used to conducting so much financial transaction and, and 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 really investing within like a space that might not be so comfortable for them so i can see the market potential to some degree but uh for them to have three three thousand is quite significant but overall really great to see i think it is important to have that all ramp as well um let's say if someone uh, for let's say for some reason doesn't really have like a smartphone or um, doesn't really use the internet too much. What you can do is just buy BTC and put it on a uh, like a paper wallet or something. So then you can still hold and actually invest in Bitcoin without using the internet. So it does allow for some, I guess, forms of investment that would not normally be available on exchanges. Yeah, you're right. I think definitely think it solves like a usability aspect to it with people that aren't as comfortable or confident in their usage of technology. And I think maybe that is a significant portion of the people who have yet to adopt crypto. Maybe us early adopters are just really the dungeon dwelling nerds that know the in and outs of computers and technology so well that we feel confident navigating this space. But maybe there's a larger significant portion of people who aren't as confident, don't have the technological ability that the dang youths these days do, you know? Yeah. Helps when you, I guess at a point when we're growing up with it, if we were in the later stages, but uh, yeah, like we had computer classes in school and basically from the point when we were going to school, we started using computers and that's super helpful for sure. And just being able to talk to friends and family and uh, interact with people online is definitely helpful. I kind of feel bad for the people who were just a little bit delayed. Yeah, you know, there's some discussion that social media ruined an entire generation, but I think people are overseeing just how beneficial the internet actually is to humanity to some degree, but I don't want to get too off topic. Um, we'll still continue on and go on. We're not going to just completely talk about something else. Next thing we're going to be talking about within this podcast is something that we do try to not harp on, but we definitely try to inform everyone about leverage, about over leveraging, especially let's say you have a thousand dollar trading account and you want to uh, risk a decent amount. How much are you going to be risking in order to actually provide like a decent risk reward parameters? You'd be risking maybe 2%, 1%, 3% max. You wouldn't be risking, you know, $100 or $200 on a $1,000 account if you're practicing risk management parameters that are sound. Um, and we can see with these numbers, over $13 billion were lost by uh, leverage traders in 2020 using the main exchange main exchanges 
like BitMEX is one, Bitfinex is another one. So for example, on BitMEX, there was $7.7 billion of longs that were liquidated and $3.8 billion worth of shorts. So substantially weighted towards the long side in 2020, I think that could have been from that March massive dump, more than 50% for BTC, you could have been only leveraged two times. You will still got, you still would have got liquidated during that point. So I think that's where a lot of the leverages got liquidated, but we don't exactly know. And then on Bitfinex, 1.5 billion of longs and 30 or $374 million of shorts. So Bitmex had the most $7.7 billion in longs liquidated. That is a massive number. It's unfathomable. Yeah, 100%. I think it's a lot of people losing sight of objective trading, losing sight of appropriate use of leverage, and kind of taking the more YOLO approach where they don't appreciate financial risk. And it's more of like a pseudo gambling mechanism might pay better than going to the casino, but that doesn't mean you should do it. I think that the less leverage you use, the better, because ultimately in any situation where you are using margin or leverage or anything increasing your buying power, higher risk always comes in, or sorry, higher reward always comes with a much higher risk. A lot of the times, especially when you're getting started, it is a hell of a lot easier to lose money than it is to make money, because as soon as you borrow money, the psychological attachment to it becomes much higher because your losses will be bigger. And as soon as it starts to go against you, you might start acting irrationally, start acting emotionally. But if you do want to see other people acting irrationally, I have another Twitter account suggestion. It's called BXRECT, and it is a BitMEX liquidation bot. And it basically takes all of the API information coming out of BitMEX and tweets the more significant uh, liquidations. I'm looking at one. A $1.3 million long was liquidated, which is an absolutely obscene amount of money to get liquidated on as the standard retail trader. There's one for $5.6 million. There's, oh, there's one for $26 million. So there's lots of people losing way too much money doing stupid and irrational shit. So I think the best approach when you are considering using these platforms like BitMEX, like Bybit, or Binance Futures even, is that to really have an appreciation for how much risk you're taking on because your losses can get very large very quickly and taking a 100% liquidation hurts. Yeah, it's extremely painful. I can definitely say from long before past history that it is extremely painful and you are punching yourself for a while until you're able to kind of either recoup the losses or just accept the fact that you're kind of an idiot. Uh, it just <laughs> happens. Uh, I think it does put a lot of things in perspective if you are trading because you can really truly understand just how quick an account can go. And it's not mandatory, but I do think when you're starting out, it if you are making all the mistakes early on in your trading and investing career, that's not so bad because mistakes are inevitable. And if you are trying to, I guess, just you know, take the boredom out of your life and 50x leverage BTC every single day, you are going to most likely, I can almost guarantee that your account will be blown in a matter of days, if not like maybe you'll survive weeks, but it won't be very long uh, unless you are 
50 times leverage is basically yeah non-existent um, you got to also consider that the more leverage you use the more fees you're paying as well and if you do get liquidated you are paying a massive amount for the spread because the exchange is having to basically cover the cost of let's say any costs that are above the credit that you owe so you could actually be negative so theoretically you could be owing the exchange money at the end of the day because you got filled at a lower point than what you thought you would so there are really bad situations there are really bad cases so always keep safe risk management parameters don't be stupid um, and if you're just getting into it if you are wanting to not be smart over leverage, I would definitely recommend using either an alt account that has like a very small amount of money in it. And then that's literally where you leverage uh, to whatever you want. But I don't think that's very good because you are practicing things that you should not be doing in real life. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of perspective for the amount of money that you could lose in longs. Nathan just said within the recent kind of handful of days, we're seeing millions of dollars being lost. And yes, these people and individuals could have a $50 million portfolio. So then $1 million is a loss, but it's not a, a massive substantial loss, but everything is relative. Hopefully you're able to understand a little bit uh, what you're able to kind of lose or you feel comfortable losing and just take that number, kind of keep it in your head. And especially when you think the markets are going up, absolutely mooning, everyone is making money keep that number in your head because you always want to think about the losses as well as the gains. Yeah, 100%. You always got to consider the downside before you even remotely consider the upside. I think when you're working in any kind of aspect of finance, whether it be business, trading, investing, I think one of the most thoughtful approaches you can take when you are confronting some kind of move or a problem or a choice you're considering making is considering the downsides and what could happen as a result of it going poorly before you even begin to entertain the idea of exploring the upsides. That's just my approach. Would love to hear if anyone else has a unique strategy that they use to approach challenging trades, investments, business deals, because ultimately those are the situations where critical thinking is very important to the outcome. Those two are intimately related and your ability to contextualize and to process the problem is directly related to the result and the outcome. And it's those situations that require a high level of performance. And so I believe we can finish off the episode. I'll wrap it on up to Keith or I'll pass it off to Keith. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we definitely went over a diverse group of different news topics and uh, stories to cover. I thought it was, Quite enjoyable to, to, to create to be completely honest i think this is one of the more fun ones a little better banter hopefully everyone is still having a enjoyable holiday season the uh, date is the 29th year in the west coast so leading up to the new year if you do have any other new year like uh let's say celebratory things or you think that we should maybe do something for like a, a new year's day kind of uh, celebratory thing at an event event maybe like a discord community meetup where people can hop on definitely we can try to make it a really enjoyable first day of 2021 to celebrate the in our opinion is going to be a massive bull run for the cryptocurrency market for this upcoming year so thank you very much for tuning in for our 42nd episode for the Parfumante podcast and until next time have a good one traders